Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Yeah, so before we uh, go any further, I just want to pray a simple, quick prayer. Jesus prayed the most powerful prayers, and there were like three words, right? I'm going to pray one right now. Lord, bless the speaker. In Jesus' name, amen. If I'm not blessed and the word don't come through me, you don't want a crooked vessel to pour out on you guys, so judge all you want. We're good. Hey, um, but in reality, I'm praying that you guys would hear the gospel, the gospel of grace, uh, the, the true gospel that would speak to your spirit, that would make you move from one destination to the other. I'm, I'm praying that freedom would come, but forgiveness would be given. So I want you guys to receive freedom today. I want you to give uh, forgiveness. So today I'll be talking about a, a few topics. There, there's three points that I have, and there are three topics that I'm just scraping the surface off. It's honestly a drop in the ocean. And all it's doing is it's going to stir up some conversation that you should take to the Lord, that you guys should talk to the Lord and just see what it is. So um, in all honesty... Ask yourself in your heart, like, Lord, what are you going to say today? What are you saying through this point? Or what are you saying in, in this testimony? What are you saying in this? I want you guys to really lean in to God and what he's sharing. And I'm doing the same from up here. I'm just doing it from a different perspective. God's speaking to me during this message. And so um, I have to understand that in this room, I'm talking to the saved and the unsaved. I said this in the last service, and I, I felt it was the Holy Spirit telling me this, that if all of you guys are saved except for one person, the message is for the one person. And so please take what you want out of this, and if you're not saved, I'm praying that God would minister and speak to you during this time. So this last season, I was in Hero, like I said, I mentioned with DJ, and anybody else that's in Awakened Theater, shout out to you guys, I honor you guys today. Um... My daughter and I have been in four productions over the past years. And in those four productions, just to keep the numbers simple, we've had a minimum of 400 salvations per production. And I was sitting there thinking, man, that is absolutely amazing. And I was in worship this last set. My boy TJ was right in front of me, and there was like, our other soldier was here last service, so it was pretty cool. It was, it was pretty cool to see that. But what you guys don't know during the production, during show day, we have the worship team come and they do a set for us, for all the cast and crew and, and everybody, and it gets ugly. It gets ugly in there because we're in full costume and I'm wearing a cape and I'm wearing skinny jeans and wrist things and I have eyeliner on and it, it's, it's funny, but you also got Jesus over there and he's got weave in his hair and, and you got Satan and he's like... No shirt on, he's just bloody and all that stuff. But to see the cast all in one accord, worshiping God in one direction, and that's to bring people to Christ. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And I was sitting there, and I didn't say this the last service, but I remember I told the Lord, I said, God, if there's any men in my circle that if they're hungry enough and they're willing to move on behalf of God, I would tell them, go do Awaken Theater for one season. 
Just watch. Just watch what happens. I'm telling you, there's so much fruit that you guys don't even get to see. Like, we're peeking behind curtains and watching people save, get saved, and we're watching. I'm behind the cross, and Jesus is bleeding. Blood's coming off his elbow, and, and I look out into the crowd, and I can see tears. And I can see things. And to see the crucifixion from the back, completely different. And I'm telling you, there's so much that happens in that. So 1,600 salvations, my daughter and I have had a, an opportunity to, to put our hand to the plow and bring them to the cross. So I'm going to be talking on my first point about evangelism. Evangelism is not a cookie cutter thing. Evangelism is not going only to third world nations. Evangelism is not only going to the unsaved. Do you know that the gospel says, preach the gospel to all creation? better believe I'm preaching the gospel to my dog and I'm preaching to the mountains and I'm preaching to the rivers. I'm preaching to all creation. That's evangelism. But the truth is Jesus came to save sinners. And so our, the goal of evangelism is to get people to the cross. You don't save anybody. You don't. You bring people to the cross and because of their free will, they will look up at Jesus or in their mind and they'll say, God, what you did for me, I'm choosing to make you Lord and Savior of my life. In that moment, when they believe in their heart and they confess with their mouth, they take the journey from this side of the cross, condemnation, law, sin, death, curse, all of that. They come from that side of the cross to this side of the cross. On this side of the cross is salvation, is redemption, is healing, it's, it's, it's miracles, signs, and wonders. It's the grace of God. So the title of my message today is This Side of the Cross. I'm going to be talking about this side of the cross. Now, I may say this side or this side, but you guys know what I'm talking about. You see, there's so much power in what happened at the cross. Everything in human history was split in half by the cross. Everything B.C., before Christ, everything A.D., the year of the Lord. Yeah, that's super powerful. Like, I'm sorry, Confucius don't have that. Buddha don't have that. Muhammad don't have that. Like, nobody has that. Christ is the truth. And, and I just feel what's funny is I, I heard this a few weeks ago. You know what's funny is anytime Satan is coming against something, it's always Jesus. He don't come against Muslims. Satan don't come against Buddhists. Satan's don't come against witchcraft and voodoo. He comes against Christ. If that doesn't reveal the truth, come on now. So, Awaken Theater. Awaken Theater. My first, uh, this is how I got asked to be in the theater. Hey, we need a Roman soldier. Can you do it? And I said, yes, under one condition, two conditions. I don't sing and I don't dance, but if you want me to stand there being cool, I'm down with that. And Rebecca, I'm dancing and singing, like what the heck? Um, but, I, but I remember during my first production, this was at Balboa, we did both campuses and, and I was sitting there and I asked God, I said, Lord, I, I, I don't know, I know what I'm doing because we went through rehearsals, but I, I don't know, Lord, I need you to, to meet me in my insecurities. I need you to meet me with my doubts. I need you to meet my two left feet. I need you to meet that tone that I, I don't know how to sing into. I need you to meet me in everything. Wow. But, I, but I know, Lord, I'm going to make space for you. 
I'm going to give room for you. And I know that you're the miracle working God that you are. So I choose to honor you today by making room for you. And so little did I know my yes in bringing something to the Lord. I was tapping into the, the one of the greatest tools that Awakened Church has for evangelism. So many souls get saved through what we do in display of the gospel and, and then in Twisted and night, Nights of Christmas and, and what we do in all that, my simple yes that I thought I was just performing, I was evangelizing. And I didn't, I didn't know any of that. So really quick, before I met Christ, well, I knew of Christ, but before I was walking and I was saved, my first introduction into theater was uh, in high school. I seen the Peter Pan Club or whatever it was. You guys might know. Little dance studios, and I'm like, that is not me. I thought theater kids were nerds. They were honor roll students. Sorry if that offends you, I'll, I'll make it up. I thought it was kids who finished high school early, but they just have two classes left, so they gotta get an extra class. Um, I thought theater kids weren't athletes, except for I was baffled because I seen theater kids doing one sport, and that one sport was cross country. They would run for miles in short shorts, and I'm like, I'll never do that. I'm going to go play a man's sport. I'm going to go get hit or hit somebody. And that's what I thought they were. And to be honest with you, my number one perspective or what I thought it was, my bias, my judgment, was I thought theater boys were limp-wristed, boys who sat like this and did this the whole time. I, that's honestly what I thought. But I wasn't a Christian, so everybody put your stones down. Everyone's quit thinking. I'm judging. I'm not, because I'm a theater man now. I'm just telling you. <laughs> you see, when we, when we used to glorify anything and everything, in your hand, for the Lord, Colossians 3 says, everything you do, you do unto the glory of God. You do for the Lord. You can go into theater. You can do anything that you want. So my number one point for everybody in this room is make room for God. Make room for God. So I was, I was asking the Lord, hey, give me, a, give me a cool story that can speak to me in this. Because, you know, scripture, scripture speaks. And for me, he brought me to 2 Kings chapter 4. And again, I'm speaking to the saved and the unsaved in this room. So if you're saved, you're going to hear this story hundred times. If you've never heard this story, listen in. The man of God in the Old Testament on this side of the cross was a representation of God. So whenever God wanted to do something, he would send a prophet. If he wanted to curse Sodom and Gomorrah and burn it down, he sent a prophet of God to do it. If he came to bless something and anoint something like King David, he'll send a Samuel. He'll come and he'll, he'll do that. So in this story, understand that the prophet of God is the man of God, the representation of God. So in chapter 4, it says, The wife of a man of the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Elisha was the prophet. He did miracles. Split the sea, all that. He did everything. Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditors are coming to take my boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and all your sons. Pour oil into all the jars. And as each are filled, put it to one side. 
She said to, uh, she left and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and they kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pray and pay your debts. You and your sons can live off of what's left. Miracle. Crazy story. Like, come on, God, fill my pockets like that. Like I, you know, we pray like that all the time. But the truth is, and I wanted to ask you guys, since you know the story, you guys aren't on this side of the cross. You guys are on this side of the cross. When, if, since you know the story, would you have went out and found every jar? Or would you leave jars over here? Maybe there's somebody on hospice that has a little bedpan. Would you grab the bedpan? I don't know. Sometimes ministry is ugly. And, and I'm sitting there thinking like, man, what, what can I bring to God? And I was like, maybe it's theater, kind of acting on the anointing of theater. I was like playing through this scenario, like I'd be running out and I would grab this. And, and then I started thinking like, oh, I did do that. I did come to the God and say, fill me as a jar. And then I was like, and I remember when I first came, actually, I wasn't even at this church and I was attending men's prayer. And I grabbed a jar of men's prayer and I came over and I'm like, Lord, fill it. And I've seen miracles, signs and wonders. I've seen so much happen in, in men's prayer. And then I remember how I came was my buddy Josh invited me to emerge. And I was like, I did. I did go grab that jar of emerge and I brought it. And so I want to ask you guys today, what jars are you leaving? Because you can go and you can grab jars. Maybe that jar right there says, text pick me to 55525 to go audition for theater. But you're like, nah, brother, I'm not called into theater. Like, no way. I'm a manly man. I got stiff wrist and, and I, I, I don't mess with theater. I seen you with guy liner on David. Like, that don't look good. And it doesn't. But it's okay. We got a coconut oil. It takes it right off. But I, but I ask you, will you walk over and, and pick up the jar of attending Wednesday night services now? God, I'm making room for you here. Let's just fill it. Are you walking over to, oh, man, you're telling me that jar right there says connect group? I don't want to do connect group, man. These people, like, go and grab the connect jar and say, Lord, fill it and watch him fill it. I'll be honest with you. When the week we found out we were pregnant, we had this moment at connect group. Did we not? The Lord put a song on my heart. We put it in. We just started worshiping during Connect, and I felt a release. The next week, we got a positive pregnancy test. It's just something happens when you make space for God to move. Now, I want to say this. There's a jar over there that says men's prayer. That says women's prayer. Oh, no, 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 brother. I don't wake up at 445 to get here at 515 in the morning so we could start on time, ready. Yes, first fruits. I give the beginning of my morning to the Lord. I'm making space. I'm giving that to God. Oh, Emerge Conference, I don't do that. I don't, I, don't, I, I, need, a, I need a camper. I need glamping. I, I need to go out there. I'm not a man, I'm sorry. Like, that's just not my thing. Bro, I slept in a hammock in the rain this last. Like, legit. Did, did you guys see that? I slept in a hammock. I'm like, I'm making space for God. If it means I'm cold, I'm cold. We're good. And just thinking about that, I have, to, I have to go back and do a definition. Like, I have to answer something. In the church, we know the lingo. 
We know the language. We know anointing. We know prophet, prophetess. We know evangelist. We know the terms. We know sozo. And we know the Shekinah glory. We know these terms. But I have to understand, again, if there's people on this side of the cross, they may not know. So I'm going to go, if I could pull up the definition of grace. Grace is the undeserved favor of God. It cannot be earned or bought. Simply a gift from God. The grace of God is a gift. Everything in the kingdom we do is graced. But we receive it through faith. So if somebody prays healing over you, it's by the grace of God that you're healed. But you receive it by faith. You guys get that? If there's an anointing over your life, it's by the grace of God that you've been anointed. If you're walking through a season or a valley, the Lord will anoint that. He'll give you grace for that. So it can't be earned. The next term or word I want to put up is justification. Justification or being justified is the act by which God moves a willing person from the state of sin to the state of grace. The second definition is to change a person's condition from the state of sin to the state of righteousness. So when we say you're saved, what it really means is you're being declared righteous by the grace of God. Get that? I didn't know that. I wish somebody would have told me that when I first started coming to church. I had to like investigate and dig a little bit deeper, but that's what, that's what we're called to do as Christians. We're supposed to dive into the word and get fed by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. He will lead you into all truth. So once a person comes to the cross and whether they were evangelized to or they just, you know, we have people coming to church all the time to like, bro, my life was a mess. I was about to die and I just figured I'm going to give God a chance and I'm here. And so they deciding I'm going to put my faith in Jesus Christ. So in their heart, they believed with their mouth. They confessed they're saved. They come over to this side of the cross now. And I told you what was on that side of the cross. Law, sin, shame, guilt, all of those things. But on this side of the cross, how did you get there? By the grace of God. Correct? And so Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. So really quick, the scriptures say you can earn your way to heaven. Thank you. Does scripture say that being a good person gets you into heaven? No. Old Testament says there's none, not right, there's none righteous, no, not one. Old Testament. Because you're not seated in Christ yet. But once you step into the grace of God, you're seated in Christ, and you're declared righteous, not because of you, but because of what Jesus did. That right there is the true gospel. I know Paul talks about let, let, let anyone who preaches another gospel, whether an angel or a demon or a man, whatever it is, that preaches another gospel. You know what the other gospel they're talking about? They're talking about false doctrine in, in, in grace versus law. If you feel that you want to be justified by the law, you're going to be justified by the law. But you got to do the whole law. The whole law. Everything. Everything. And that's not what we want. You see... On this side, it was the law of Moses. And on this side, in the promised land, it's grace. It's Jesus. What happens today is a lot of people are on this side of the cross, on grace, 
And they're trying to bring Moses into the promised land. Moses never made it into the promised land. Moses can get you out of Egypt, but he can't get you into the promised land. And that's crazy. It's only by grace. And it took a man by the name of Joshua that made it into the promised land, which is the Hebrew name for Jesus. It's a foreshadowing of this side of the cross. You see, the signs were there for the Jews. The signs were there for them to, to, to see there's a savior. And they, yet they still didn't see it. Thank God we know the answer. We know the end of the story. We know that there's a Jesus that atoned for our sins and we're completely forgiven. Um, so my point number two is you're under grace. Grace is, is something that I'm going to briefly talk on this because like I said in the beginning, grace is a drop in an ocean. I, I can't touch it. I can't figure it out. I can't explain it to you. I can't give a whole teaching seminar or a semester on it, which I probably couldn't anyway, but by the grace of God, maybe. But I'm just saying grace is something that you are given by God. And I want to say that there's there's quick two spectrums, and I just want to talk on it. One of them is, is people believe that when they're saved, they're saved. Okay, and the other side is maybe I'm not saved, or, or maybe I, I know I'm saved, I confess, but then at this point, if I screw up, if I break the law, if I transgress the law, I can lose my salvation. And, and they're kind of like, there's an answer wherever you stand. The truth is, if you believe that you're going to fall short of the law, you better act pretty darn straight. If you believe that you can still sin, Paul says it like this, by no means. Like, don't neglect grace. Grace is, is the, here's the thing, grace is so rich, but I'm afraid that you can make it cheap. Cheap grace is something that like cycles of addiction, cycles of pornography, cycles of hate. Cycles of theft. Oh, but I'm saved, brother. Don't worry about it. I'm saved. I'm saved. I don't need to worry about that. I'll be in heaven one day. That, that in itself is cheap grace. We don't, we don't go into that. I'm telling you everything, again, through testimony and stuff in my life, I have understand that have I seen demons leave people by the word of Jesus? Absolutely, 100%. Some of you guys are probably involved in that with me. I've seen it. Not by my works, but by the grace of God. Up here speaking today, I, I failed speech class in college. And I remember I gave one speech and I boasted about myself the whole time. And I was like, because I was, I was, I was going to go pro in baseball. And I was like under the Texas Rangers organization. I started talking about this stuff and ended up not happening. So I'm up here telling you like Moses, I have a speech impediment. I don't have a speech impediment. But I'm saying, I never wanted to share. I never thought that I'd be doing this stuff. But it's by the grace of God that we can do things. So when you bring a vessel to the Lord to fill up, he will grace it. And when you learn to hear the voice of God, you become graced. I want to, I never, I didn't plan on sharing this, but I, a testimony was in 2020 when, uh, when I got sick with some weird virus, I remember I came out of it 24 hours later. And the world said, just stay in your bedroom. And nobody knew, but I was like, I came out of it and I was fine. And I got on a bike and I tried to ride around the city of Spring Valley. And I had this whole plan and my wife's gonna laugh because I was 
I wasn't ready, but I started riding my bike, and once I lifted up the curb, I was like, oh, and I was ready to like pass out. I got all woozy. And I remember in that season, I was pursuing God, and I said, God, bring life back into me. Not like I was dying, but bring my youth back into me. What, what is it that I, I'm tired of being an old man? I'm tired of doing this stuff. Lord, speak some grace into me. And he led me to buy, or I was thinking about how I used to buy Jordans all the time. And I haven't bought them as a grown man. I was like, man, so I bought these Jordans. I loved them. And then God told me to give them away. And they're sitting right there on the feet of TJ. And I'm like, what the heck, God? Like, but God has blessed me so much. And, and, and for me, when you learn to walk in the grace of God, it shifts everything in the kingdom. So now you're on this side of the cross. You know, I, I want to say that the law speaks really loud. Oh, you're a screw up. You messed up, right? You, you did this wrong. And remember when you did that? Look at their face. They're looking at you right now. Like the law will speak so much. And it was the enemy's voice. But I knew since I'm under grace, I said, hey, buddy, I'm seated in Christ. There, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Like I'm choosing to stand in grace and that's where I'm going to stand from here on out. Like if you choose to listen to the law, boy, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. So you're on this side of the cross now. Right? I'm going to skip through Galatians and I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to talk about two apostles real quick. Two apostles declined Christ. Out of the 12, two of them did. One of them chose this side of the cross and one of them chose this side of the cross. Peter declined Christ three times. He denied him. But he chose grace. So God was able to redeem him and he says, my grace is sufficient for you. And he became a pillar in the church. Could you imagine if you chose grace, what kind of pillar in the church you could be? Wow. Running a connect group, running a ministry, running a connect group, running uh, an emerge team, getting cherished ladies. Like you could be a pillar if you just choose to stay under grace. Right. Right. Judas, on the other hand, chose the law. And he tried to bring judgment into his own hands. He wanted to fulfill the law and all these things. And guess what? He took his own life. Choose grace today. The, the third point I wanted to talk about today in a, in a couple minutes is when you become a believer, if I were to give you once one bit of advice, I would tell you to forgive. As a believer, you open up the doors to so many demonic influences when you choose not to forgive. Legit, standing at this altar, the number one thing that we see that keep people in bondage is unforgiveness. So, I'm going to talk about this. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Okay? I, myself, David Macon, I look up to Christ and I'm like, Lord, I want to be like you. I want to act like you. I want to talk like you. I want to speak with you. I want to, I want to have a, a sense of humor like you did. And we don't see that in scripture, but there's a lot of funny things in scripture. I, I want to have a heart. I want to have the Father's heart like Jesus. I want to have that. So, I, I want to imitate him, but how many times, I and mean, we know that it's really hard to imitate perfection. But I do see my leaders. I see Pastor Michael. I see Pastor Jake. I see Pastor Jurgen. I see, I see a bunch of leaders, my friends, that when they imitate Christ, I'm like, I need to imitate that. And so my prayer is that myself and the leaders up here, that we would be an image of that for you. When you see David Macon, can you see a bit of Christ? When you see Pastor Michael, can you see a bit of Christ? I know when I see my wife, I think Christ, 
And then I turn into a religious. I'm like, no. And I get all mad, and I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to fester down a little bit. I need, to, I need to calm down. When you look at somebody, can you see the image of Christ? You see 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 17, or I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 5. Sorry, I'm going to get there. I didn't give this to the, to the team, but 2 Corinthians 5. Jesus says, once you're born again on this side of the cross, you become a new creation. Correct. Thank you, Stan. <laughs> Scripture says in verse 17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19 is super important. It says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting sins against them, their sins against them. Now, if I'm to imitate Christ, Scripture says he doesn't count sins against people. For those that are in Christ. So you're telling me, God, I got to forgive? The religious folk hated Jesus because Jesus, when he told the man with the mat to pick up, he said, your sins are forgiven. They tore their robes and they're blasphemy. There's no way. You cannot forgive sins. Only God alone can forgive sins. And Jesus just stood there. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to do that. I want to share a, oh, I'm sorry. And then the next part where Jesus said to forgive is John 20. 21, he says, so the crucifixion took place. He descended into hell, took the gates, the, the keys from the devil. He ascended, came up. The saints of old were alive. They were walking around and they were afraid. Mary came to an empty tomb, didn't see anybody, thought it was the gardener. It wasn't, it wasn't Jesus, but it was Jesus. Not the landscaper. I'm Mexican, so don't think I'm, I'm, I'm racist or anything like that. <laughs> Honestly, it's funny. God's funny. He's like, I'm not the landscaper. I'm not the gardener. And then the Lord opened her eyes, and she's like, huh. So she went back, and the disciples are sitting in a room, and they're terrified, 10 of them, plus whoever else was following. Judas offed himself. Um, Thomas was out doing whatever. I, I don't know where he was. Scripture doesn't say. But 10 of them were there, and they were terrified, and Jesus walks in. And he says, peace be with you, he says it twice. And he says, as the Father sends me, I am sending you. We're the disciples today. He's sending us out. And with that, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Vital right here. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. As a believer, it is vital that we forgive. You're never looking more like Christ than when you're forgiving. When you forgive, you look like Christ. And I already hear it. I already feel it. Yeah, but David, you don't know. You have no idea what they did. You don't, under, you don't understand. They stole from me. I'll tell you a quick testimony. Last month, somebody broke into my truck and they stole my drone and they stole my AirPods and they stole stuff that was in my truck. And... Silly enough, my AirPods tracks everywhere it's going. And uh, I was at church, and I'm like, looking. Guys in Lemon Grove. Guys in Logan Heights. The guys in downtown. The guys, what the heck? 
I'm three minutes away, we decided to go see what I could find. Maybe I wasn't under grace, but I was like, I'm gonna go walk over there. I walk up to two thugs, literally holding my drone. My AirPods are sitting on his belt loop. And I'm like, I gotta think really fast. Like, what am I gonna do? And uh, I got clever with it. I was like, I said, hey, I need you guys to freeze real quick. I said, if you make any move in my direction or any other direction, the cops are on you. We've been watching you all day. And I'm like, I don't know, like, I gotta figure it out. I'm like, he could have swung at me, so I kept my distance, and I'm like, long story short, they're like, who are you? I'm a, I'm a man of God, that's all I could say. They're, are you PD? I'm like, I can't disclose that information to you. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. I said, but what I can tell you is I'm a man of God. And he grabs my drone and he hands it back. I was like, is it all in there? He's like, everything's in there. I said, give me my AirPods. I took them off his loop, put them in my pocket. And they're like, team, like there was these two girls that are doing a drug deal and they're like, so there's four people. And the girl goes, that's right, team Jesus. And she started saying this stuff. And I'm like, so I remember saying to them before I left, I said, I'd be a bad Christian if I didn't invite you guys to church. And I said, I forgive you guys. Just give me my stuff back. And so they handed it over and they didn't say anything. Uh, there was more to the story where a demon started manifesting and they're telling me that they're Baphomet and they're coming to my face. And I stepped closer and I'm like, prophet of Elijah, I'm a, I'm a false prophet of God. I'm gonna call this out. And so I'm like laughing at him. I'm like, false God? I was like, you're not Baphomet. He's like, I'm God. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, how do people worship you? And he's like, they don't worship me. I live on forever. And I'm like, dude, manifesting. I'm like, I'm about to cast a demon out of the dude who just stole my stuff. <laughs> and so I'm like, I need to forgive him. So I told him they're forgiven. And as I turned away, they looked at me because they didn't want to make a move in my direction or any other direction. I looked down the street. I said, <laughs> and I left. And they, they got terrified. Like... You see, Jesus wants you to forgive. I don't think I would've got my stuff back if I would've went in there with a cold heart like I was gonna murder somebody. And I had that temptation. I had those thoughts. I'm like, I could've brought a baseball bat and I, I would've not got my stuff back. The Lord knew I was under grace and I was with the intentions to forgive. And I did. And I even reached out a week later. I, had, I got the guy's phone number and his name and all that stuff. Like, I could, I could do so much with the situation, but I'm staying under grace. You see, if you sin and you do it on purpose, God will forgive that. You can't sin on accident. But I want to say today that if someone has sinned against you, you have the authority to forgive them. If you choose not to, choose not to. They're not forgiven. Jesus said it. So I want to talk to you guys today really quick. I want you guys to bow your head and close your eyes. Close your eyes. And I want you to ask God, is there any area in my life where I'm carrying unforgiveness? I believe in this moment that God's showing you people. He's showing you situations. I know there's somebody who's transgressed you and your body and every in your innocence. I know there's somebody in here that lied and stole from you. There's people who said some mean things to you. There's a spouse or a partner that left you. 
Maybe you left somebody. And I just simply want you to, in this moment right now, release them to God. Forgive them in this moment. Grace will be restored to you guys, not because of your works, but that's just who God is. But if there's anybody in this room that never heard this grace gospel, they thought they had to be a good person to get to heaven. They thought they had to check the box and fulfill the law. And you never received Christ in the way of grace. I just want to ask you right now. I'm not going to count. I'm not going to do anything. I just want you to slip up your hand. I want you to raise your hand. If you feel the Lord is moving on your heart and you want to receive all of Jesus and move from this side of the cross to the other side, just lift up your hand. I want to see who I'm praying for. I've seen one up top. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I see him. You see, Scripture says that when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you are saved. So I want everybody in this room to just quickly do a, a five-second thank you exercise. I want you to turn to somebody to the left or to the right and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior over your life. Just everybody in this moment, just take a quick five seconds. I want everybody to understand. And if you're not, it's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but... You'll get to it. So right now, I just want to pray over you as I, as I close out this service. If I could have the ministry team up front. If you carry any unforgiveness, and I want to say this being honest. Can I be honest again? Maybe you're carrying unforgiveness for a ministry lead. Your leader. Maybe you're carrying unforgiveness towards me. I mean... We could go down this aisle if that's the case, but if you're carrying it with your spouse, your husband or your wife, somebody that passed away, if you're carrying unforgiveness for anybody, I want you to come up to the ministry team and I want you to get broken off right now. So Father, I thank you right now in this moment. If everyone could stand up, please. I thank you, Jesus, that you have given us the ministry of reconciliation and that is not counting the sins against them. Father, I declare right now as we close out service that you are healing the brokenhearted, that you are setting the captives free, and that people will declare that you are Lord and Savior over their life. Father, we bless you today. And God, we bring you a jar asking you to fill it right now in this moment. And I feel prophetically speaking in this moment, there's some jars that you carry and it's just nasty. It's nasty water. It's mosquito water. And I think you need to dump that out at the altar. And ask the Lord to fill it in this moment. So, Father, I thank you for that. I pray that this word would be in season for somebody here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.